Good evening, guys. You're listening to the Play to the Whistle podcast. Making my debut. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> what? Might as well be in it. Feels like that, innit? I'm like the guy that's always injured, isn't it? <laughs> Patching up and getting out there for one more game on injections. Oh, but shit, yeah, I'm, my name, yeah. If you don't know me, my name's Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> the newcomer, um, Yeah. And I'm here with Fear. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good, man. It's good to get you back on and do one, well, man, because yeah, obviously man, it's, it's been a while, man. Yeah, it feels good to be home, man. man. <laughs> I said he's back home, man. Back like the play, the players are coming on for 10 minutes after six months. So. <laughs> oh. Back from the cruise ship one, innit? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, man. But um, yeah, we're going to touch on, obviously, before we touch on what we're going to touch on, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, um, the PTTW podcast all of that so give us a like interact with us follow us on on the socials man and just yeah man just let us know what your thoughts are about what we discuss on here as well but we got quite a bit to talk about tonight man and i think there's no better place to start than sunday i'm not talking about newcastle or arsenal i'm talking about old trafford and yeah the the madness that happened there man so jesse what what were your thoughts initially on that when you you found out what was going on yeah, well, I think it was um, expected, obviously, that there was going to be another protest. Obviously, following on from the one the week before, um, there's more, evidently more people at this one than the one even last week, even though there was quite a few people at that one too. And obviously, it was a strong protest. And yeah, when I, obviously, when the footage started coming through of the fans actually on the pitch, obviously, part of you would always be shocked when you see something like that happen because it's just abnormal. And, but it sent out, you know, a massive message to to the owners and to the Premier League, to the footballing world. Yeah, I think, no, I, th- I think you're right, man. And I think, you know, they've been, and it's an interesting one because if you follow on from the fallout from the Super League, um, you know, different broadcasters, different journalists, you know, they practically armed the fans with ammunition to to protest in this behaviour and this manner with such, you know, anger that's projected onto the fans of the respective clubs. Obviously, no one's gone as far as the United fans did, but mm. I think something like this was always due to happen with how, you know, angry everybody was. And I think what people have to also remember as well, because there's been, you know, like Carragher's, I think, said yesterday, there's, there's been some lazy punditry, some lazy journalism about, you know, why the fans are so angry. Um, mm. They've been angry for 16 years. Like, there's there's a whole football club in non-league, like an actual club. You know, FC United was made in the aftermath of the Glazers taking ownership of the club. And there was, if mm. anyone remembers at that time, there was ugly protests at the time as well you know, threatening his family and um, like really aggressive protesting outside Old Trafford and some fans felt so strong about it that they stopped supporting the club. This isn't anything new. You know, the green and yellow scarf, we've seen Newton Heath kind of type protests. That's been happening for like 11 years now. Mm. And fans have always been vocal about wanting to get the Glazers out of the club. It's not, it's not anything new. It's just... It's just the last straw. The Super League was the last straw. And 
Everyone's had enough. We've gone backwards as a club. And when you look at like, you can piece everything back to even when Fergie was there. Mm. Um, the net spend when he was there before he left the club, the type of signings we, the, the club were making. Um, and even when you like, and the fans that listen to this, that actually go to games or have been to any games in the last 10 years would know that the stadium isn't what it used to be either. You know, they're, they're, True, as man. owners and, you know, whoever's on the board in charge of things like this, of facilities, they've not sorted out the stadium. They've not done any refurbishments to it. They've not done no renovation work. If you, if you, if you think of like, go back 10 years or 15 years ago, Old Trafford was one of the leading stadiums in England, if not mm. the leading stadium. I don't even, you know, it's unrecognisable now in terms of that category. It just looks like, it looks as old as it looks on TV. Actually, no, it don't look as bad on TV, but when you're there and you, and you see the concourses and you see like the roof, the roof had a leak in it. I don't know if they fixed it since COVID, but, you know, I was at the last game I was at, you know, rain's coming through the side of the roof, like mm. onto people's seats, you know. And it's a, it's a mess. I think that I think it's the same at Carrington. That you know, Carrington apparently needs refurbishment and renovation works. So it's not it ain't just a, it's not just the playing side of it. They've just taken money out of the club and they're not reinvested any of it. It's not just playing stuff. Mm. I think I was reading today that they've taken out more money out of the club than they've spent on transfers. Yeah, I read that as well. So that this is why everyone's angry. Everyone's absolutely had enough of them. So you you can't fault the, the people that went into the ground as well because I think like you said this has been festering away for so long at the club as well and I think a lot of people are using this, the Super League as a, as an excuse but I know you and especially Kieran and other United fans your frustration's been there well before even the Super League even like you said when the back end of Fergie and that time as well and all the managers since Fergie as well you've had that frustration there from the start as well. Yeah. And I, I remember when I even said that, I think I said it to you as well. Like I remember me and Kieran, when the last game we went to was obviously last season, the Villa game, we drew 2-2. As a mixture of, you know, sick of the tactics and the playing style, but mainly just being in and around the place, it's just, it's just falling apart. Like this, the atmosphere mm. was terrible. And I just, just wasn't really feeling it. and. Like the lack of spending, and I was just thinking, like, I can't do this anymore. And I remember we even had tickets to, I think we had more tickets to go to games that season. We was meant to go Sheffield United. I think we was meant to go to the Bournemouth game as well. I sent my tickets back. And I just said, mm. I said to Kieran then, like, I'm not buying. I'm not going to go to any more games. I'm not spending any more money until they're at the club. And this was like okay. 2019. So it's not for me. It's not anything new, but. Look, they have to blame the soup. They want to blame the Super League because it's the it's just the easiest thing to do. But it's not. It's a talking topic, isn't it? It's a talking topic. It's not because Man United are performing badly because they are protesting when we was top of the league. So it's Mm. not. And I mean, top of the league as in when we was actually winning the league. Yeah, no, no, (laughs) no. Ten years ago, and so it's nothing new. And I'm not going to condemn the fans that got on the pitch because, look, I I think. Number one, no one was hurt. They didn't injure any staff. They didn't attack any staff or as far as I know. Yeah, they did. Not, I'm oh. not sure about the staff. I think a couple of the staff, from what I read, they did. But 
that's that's they're not football fans though like you can go to a, a game at any weekend and you always get the idiots that turn up to games anyway so whether they're protesting or not you still get the idiots that go to games and kick off and they're not there for the football so that's always no, going to happen not. regardless no, obviously that's a mis- I didn't know I haven't seen any of that uh, obviously that side of it but one thing I will say is what it has done is it's been a massive talking point and had had the game gone ahead with just a standard protest with all the fans outside once the police moved them away and they it would have played have the game it wouldn't have worked and no. I feel it's had I think it's been a success in my opinion like I think the fans, the fact that they stormed the pitch, the, the game got postponed. I think they've done their jobs. If that's mm. what they wanted to do, maybe some of them didn't want to do that. I saw someone, you know, doing a bicycle kick in in the Stretford end. <laughs> like, so I think obviously some people are there just to have a laugh, but that's had more of an, I think, a positive effect in the long term than a normal protest would have. And if mm. this, if they do eventually sell the club, it would be because of this. Because this is a, whether people want to admit it or not, and they want to condemn them because they feel like there's a right way or wrong way of protesting, this this done more than anything so far. And that's just the facts. If people don't want to admit that, maybe they don't, but it's, it's simple well, as that. This is, this, this is the first game that's ever been, or that was the first game that was ever postponed due to protesting since so the Premier League started. So it tells you, you everything that all the other protests and people walking out the stadium at halftime and all that other stuff that's been done in the past hasn't really, because at the end of the day, the business is still running at that point. Exactly. The and other is, day, Sunday, it didn't happen like that. The business was halted. Everything came to a stop and now it's affecting their pockets slightly. Even if it's just like in terms of damages or the fact that they didn't get that, I don't know how, how it works behind the scenes in terms of TV money and stuff like that and all of this kind of stuff. But it's affected the company now, the business side of things for them. So now it's and a different whole that, ball game now. Exactly. And that's what I was going to get onto anyway, is that this is where, this is why this one made a difference because the game didn't go ahead. It would have affected them financially. And I think that is the only type of protest that's going to work. Mm. Whether we're talking about, you want to get owners out of your club, whether you're talking about racism, whatever the thing you're protesting for, you've got to hit their pockets. Yeah, and if you and don't hit their before. pockets, yeah, if mm. you don't hit their pockets, then everything's just a token gesture. Like mm. they'll look at a nice protest, and other fans will repost the protest, and you know, do a hashtag about whatever <laughs> owners there are, owners out or glazers out or mm. who have cronky out here. Yeah? But that done more than all of these hashtags and more than these these token gesture protests. Mm. And it's funny because. They're, they're, they're more annoyed, probably the broadcasters and the Premier League, that the game didn't go ahead rather than the actual protests. So yeah, they don't 100%. give us, they don't care about no protests and all that. They just, they just care that the game didn't go ahead. Because that's in what, reality, in reality, the game could have went ahead. They cleared the fans out. No, nah, I couldn't, and, man. He couldn't. I, I was no, saying this to my... No, but I not, mean, not, it's that, not that day, though. Because it was a breach of security. So they could have just stormed back in at some point. And if the players were on the pitch and someone's got a knife or something, then, do you know what I mean? So as soon as that happened, once they stormed the ground, there was no way that game was going to go on, I don't think. Yeah, but I, I, I meant in terms of that, like, it could have went on behind closed doors. Once they secured the stadium again, 
they could have just played that match without it being on TV. But they're not mm. going to ever let a game like that go ahead oh, without yeah, it being on TV. Course, so they just yeah. care about their own pockets too. Yeah. yeah. So they, they true, don't man. care. They don't care about the league standards or anything like that. They could have the game could have still went ahead. But mm. yeah, it's it's this is it. You know when the when the pundits are you know telling fans to get angry, be angry, go go after your owners and go and protest. This is this is what happens. But that's that's you why can't, I, I, I think can't, Gary Neville then, that was right though in in doing what he said. Gary Neville he backed up what he said a few weeks ago and he said that that's what they need to do. And even on Sunday, he said, I can't have a go at them because that, that's what I told them to do. And he's the one who was inciting a lot of that as well. Him and, him and Carragher were doing the same. Exactly. So they can't backtrack. And I still, f- I think it was right. So I'm not really going to, I'm not going to have a go at them either. And it was, it was funny because Sunus was having a go at them and saying it was because, you know, we're not winning anything at the moment. But he was the same guy that stuck a, a, a flag in the middle of a, in the middle of a pitch in a massive derby game mm. in a protest. So that was way more dangerous doing that than inciting. That was inciting more hate than a couple of fans it's running just, around the traffic you know, pitch. You know what it's like already, man. It's just bitter. Old yeah. dinosaur. And, and, and that's the other thing as well, because everyone's talking about what should happen to United, whether it should be a fine deducting points. And I've said this to you, the same thing about racism as well. And it's quite controversial, but I'm not against the fine and I'm not against the points deduction either because at the end of the day, look, from a fan's point of view, I'm not against them for doing that. And I, I think they were right to do it. But from a club's point of view, and it's literally what you just said from a security point of view, they've got to be making sure that that doesn't happen because mm-hmm. what if the what if they did that once the game started? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So true. then you've put all of these players at risk, managers, coaches, you put everyone at risk and their lives could be in a, could have been in danger. So from that point, they do have to, they should be fined. Mm. And I'm not against, I wouldn't be against the points deduction. Like if it happened, I wouldn't say, oh, I wouldn't cry about it because the club, mm. the club failed security wise, didn't they? So mm. I said that they, as well the if, weekend. Because yeah, how, how did that, they, how did they manage to rush in because obviously on a, a day-to-day basis or every weekend, that ground is heavily, must be heavily monitored and there must be security there pre-game, post-game, all of that. And I think they kicked in one of the disabled entrances, didn't they? That the, To get into like the hospitality stand, I think they kicked one of them in. But then there was also talk that some of the stewards just let them in. But then you don't blame the stewards because if I saw a thousand people coming towards me, um, my, my job isn't that cushy do you know what I mean I'm not gonna and I was gonna get to this I mean this is the thing I was gonna get to next anyway I'm not blaming any ground staff any stewards mm. like the steward, there was a steward standing in the gate and you know it's filmed that he's just the gate was open and they're just walking past him but he's not gonna be a hero by himself and there's 40-50 yeah, people forget that charging him I'm not against mm. him letting them on either he's not paid enough to, to to act like some bodyguard for an empty pitch there's no players there there's no, mm. there was no one there so I'm not blaming him either. He weren't meant to do anything else in that situation. So, you know, I, I don't blame him for that. It'd be interesting to see when the, um, the game eventually is played because I was looking forward to that game of all the games this weekend as well. Um, I thought it would have been a decent game. And I think the funny thing, the ironic thing, 
is one thing I do respect is obviously that Liverpool didn't um, didn't want to be awarded the points because they could have been. Mm. I read that today that um, they refused to be rewarded the points for the game, which is obviously good. And I, I reckon, to be honest, it worked out probably better for the fans any, anyway because I reckon it would be played in front of fans now. They reckon they you reckon? they, they, they going to play it at the yeah. back end of this, like the last game of the season or something like that. Yeah, because I reckon, man, you, man, well, unless we get to the Europa League final, well, not unless we might get to the Europa League final. So I don't know when they reschedule it. <laughs> Trying to play it down, man. I hear that. <laughs> Listen, man. You hear you, man. You never know. But I saw that they've rescheduled our last game of the season because ah, it's meant okay. to be on the fifteenth, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's when they're all It's meant to be on the 16th, but fans are allowed in from the 17th. So I think they're rescheduling a lot of those last games so it could be midweek with fans in the stadium. So it might be even have fans in the stadium, which is even better at the end. Or worse. Yeah. But I'm not condemning them. Um, I felt like something like this has needed to happen for a long time. I remember Mm. the last protest that was organised last season and there was like barely 30 or 40 people so I'm glad that these protests are actually, I'm glad that the fans have actually had enough now, but what they now need to do, that was good. That was, an, I think it was a good start, but now you need to not buy the new kits. You need to cancel your MUTV subscriptions. If you care, don't, don't go to the games if you can, in it. Like mm. you need to hurt their pockets. That's the only way to sell in this club. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You know, they don't care. They're, they don't care because they don't live in England, as I've said before in it. Like, they don't mm. live in England, so they don't feel the heat from this. They just, they're, they're in Florida, just chilling. Do you know what I mean? Making the money. Or, yeah. Mm. Like, they don't care. They don't see any fans. They don't really get approached by anyone. They just live in hunky-dory. Like, it's not like, like Glenn Woodward, not Glenn Woodward, Ed Woodward. Feels the heat sometimes of these situations because he actually is so on his doorstep, and, isn't it? Yeah, even though he's mm. he, he mainly lives in Essex, but when he is in Manchester, people yeah, know where he lives. You know, he's, even at the games, even when there's fans in the stadium, it's him that feels that because it's his. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's there. We talk about yeah. him on social media. It's him that we normally talk about yeah. the majority of the time, apart from the Glazers. But yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. I think the next. I think. It'd be interesting to see whether they actually consider selling. I don't, personally, I don't think they will. But I, I, I don't think they will at the moment. But I do feel like it's a statement. It's a big statement as well. It's not. It's not small. Like they've mm. seen the mad protest before when he was taking over the club, and the one last week was decent as well. But this was a. This is a big one because this is yeah, embarrassment. Of course. Yeah, this of course. is worldwide embarrassment. This would hurt their pockets. There will be fines and penalties, mm. and they, this one will slightly affect them. But now we see what they follow up with. Because they're meant to be they're meant to be doing another protest as well, aren't they? I'm sure there's another the next home game scheduled yeah. for um, Old Trafford. It's the same again. So yeah, and obviously we'd, you'd expect security to be tighter at this one. But even just having another presence of a pro- protest would be good. But, mm. And I think it's just the same old, same old as well. When you look at like the outrage for it, it's like people are condemning. The fans are being on the pitch more than I've seen them condemn like racism mm. and condemn black 
other things happening. Yeah, so, it's true, man. It's crazy. It's just a few guys running on the pitch, like on an empty pitch at Old Trafford. Like it's not. It just tells like, you the priority of like where people see what is important, the importance of what is where it needs to be and stuff like that. And we've said that for for ages that it's never, it's never the things that matter. And and I'm not saying you can solve racism by like the weekend just gone or just the things that they're trying to do in in football because it's a bigger it's a bigger issue but the things that they could tackle in football they don't put their energy into that because no one gives a shit really and it's not really it doesn't generate money or nothing like that it doesn't impact anyone's like you said doesn't impact anyone's pockets either so it's well, the, for me it's never going to change man no it's even like this that fake i i call it fake anyway i'm not going to speak for everyone on the podcast but that fake black social me. media <laughs> that <laughs> fake social media blackout it's the same thing yeah, it's, it's like true, it's man. just a load of rubbish um, it doesn't mean anything it's just a token gesture like oh we're going to band together and we're not going to tweet from three o'clock until whatever the time was like, it means absolutely nothing you know what's crazy about that as well because obviously I was on I was on socials and whatnot, and a couple of people that I follow m- mad as well I don't know why they were racially abused. I didn't get to that part of it. I just, they screenshotted what they were, like some of the things that they were getting sent on a weekend where there was meant to be a blackout just shows you that it's not working because it's happening during the blackout. Like exactly. They were getting called all sorts of racial slurs and racial, just bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Like, and on a weekend when you yeah, shouldn't really saw, be doing I that, saw, it's I happening. Th- yeah, I, I don't, I think I saw one with uh, this Chelsea fan. Um, it was happening to her and it was, she, she, they were sending some disgusting stuff in her DMs. Yeah, like, it's the same, same one. Same one. Yeah, and it's disgusting and it's not going it was never going to do anything. Let's, mm. let's just be honest, innit? It was never going to do anything. It's a to- token gesture by a few companies that usually have also incited racial slurs contributed to the racial agenda themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, that Sun joint, shunt, you know, companies like Sun and some of these other broadcasters who have incited racism themselves. Yeah, it's Even true, if it's man. not directly, just by the way that they say things and that their punditry, just little things. Oh, of course, of course. You know, they've incited it themselves. They've been implicit, complicit too. So yeah. for them to be a part of these blackouts is just nonsense. But that's why it's bullshit. Because yeah. like you said, they're the ones who instigate a lot of that and then they're blacking out when it matters. But... You know how it stays, man. It's not going to change. And like I said, it's for me personally, it's a wider issue than just football anyway. Like there's a lot more that the social media companies can, can and should be doing because it's mad. You put on like, a, I know we're digressing a bit, but if you put like a song from an artist on your Instagram, you haven't got the rights to do it and blah, blah, blah. They take your thing down straight away. Like within, se- I'm talking seconds they, or... Not even just, not even just taking stream. it down. They remove your accounts. Yeah, yeah. They, they remove block your you. account. They block you. So they can do it, but they don't want to do it for certain things. So it just shows you that, again, the level of importance that these companies see. But it's crazy times, man. It's crazy times. Let's, let's, let's talk about the Premier League Hall of Fame. And let's yeah, see man. what we're saying, man. Cause, um, I know, I know yeah. you, lot, you and Kieran touched on it before. Had your thoughts yeah. changed since then slightly or... But see, Kieran tried to throw me under the bus because when we were talking, uh, when we were talking, I'm pretty sure I've, I've spoke to that many people since then, but 
I wasn't saying Lampard to be next. I think that was what yeah. the thing was. He was. I think. I think he should go in there, but just not in that order. That we. I didn't know we were doing it in an order. So I do think Lampard should still go in there at some point. He wouldn't be my next choice because there's players better than him that have done more than him that deserve that before he even is mentioned in the same conversation as well. No, I, I would. I think the, the it's a, it's a different the way I looked at the Hall of Fame and the way that they did it. I, I saw Shearer and Henri as the first inductees and it it just made sense. Yeah, 100, 100. Obviously, there's there's people that could have gone in before Henri just in terms of history, in terms of when they did their stuff. So like, say like a Cantona because, you know, he played from the early 90s to the mid 90s, if that makes sense. Mm. So n- not, not in terms of quality and what they actually done altogether, but you can't argue Henri, you can't argue Shira because yeah, they're I don't think anyone would, man. I don't think anyone yeah. would. But in terms but. of, because I, I, like I said to you, my opinion on it is, I don't know how they're going to do it, but when I looked at the list, it just made me think of the way that they do it in boxing. So the way it's done in boxing is done like, you get inducted once you've retired mm-hmm. and you've been retired for a few years so you, and you're not coming out of retirement, then you'll be inducted into it. So say like, Someone like Mayweather, for example, he's not in the Hall of Fame yet in boxing, but that's because he's still kind of fighting. Sort of active still, isn't it? He's still kind of semi-active, even though he's, you know, it's foolishness that he's doing at the moment, but he's semi, he's semi-active at the moment. So he's not going to be inducted mm. until he's completely retired yeah, from the you game. Need to, you need to be chilling and yeah. be be sat down for a, a minute before you even get in the conversation, which is, which is fair enough because I think, I think that's the best way to do it as well. Yeah, because if you remember, if you look at the list, there was no David Silva, there was no De Bruyne, yeah, there's no, no Yaya Torre, no Aguero, yeah. I don't think. No, he's um, not on there. Rooney wasn't even on the list. Um, yeah, so they'll be, they'll be in the Ronaldo. next... Yeah, they'll be all, all be in the next batch, I think. Exactly. They're all going to be in the yeah. next batch of people that come through, but it makes yeah. sense to do it like that. And yeah, you're probably right. That's how they're going to do it. Yeah, because I saw a lot of the outrage on... on as usual with everything, people find outrage and everything. And I just looked at the list and as soon as I saw them names missing, I didn't even think outrage. I just thought like, okay, common sense would tell anyone that they're going to get to them. And there was no hazard. So I saw that and thought, yeah, okay, maybe we're going to get there like, eventually. But yeah, there's some great names on that list. And when I looked at the list, I thought pretty much 99% of that list are will be Hall of Famers. They, they were great Premier League players. They've done one, great things. So. What are we doing? We're doing our top six. Or our next six, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd have to find one. I think order? I remember. Is this in order? Or just in any order? Or the next? I don't think the, I don't think the order you, matters because I think it's just the next six. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, I mean, you could do it in order, but I'm, as, as I'm understanding, I think it's just going to be the next six players. Yeah, that's cool. That's calm with me. Yeah, I think I remember mine. Let me check. But, yeah, mine ain't really, well, depends who you're asking in it, but I don't think mine's is controversial at all. I watched um, Strange, actually, because I think this is off the back of the conversation that was on uh, Monday Night Football. And I don't know what Jamie Carragher was drinking, but he's looked a bit of a mess his list if I'm honest <laughs> um, 
I think his one was quite, it was all right, wasn't it? The one he done with Henri. Out of the two, like he was putting like, like his reasons for Gerald going in it didn't make sense. Oh, I didn't hear none of his reasons. I just saw the list ah, okay. of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, if you haven't watched it, then when you're listening to this, go back and watch that because it's just his reasonings. And I think, I mean, the list is cool. The list is cool. But I just think, yeah, it was a bit mad. But who, who would be your first? Who would be your first out of the, the nominees that are there? I think my first one, as the next six, I think there was... My first one was Tony Adams when I picked my list. Um, yeah, I thought he's a great centre-back man. And um, I think the period of, he was a, he was a big part of Arsenal's dominance. Um, obviously a great centre-back, great leader. He's a very good player as well. You know, he could play out from the back. He could read the game. He's great in the air. He scored a few in open play. He's probably, drunk some of these times as well when he's putting in these 10, 10 out of 10 performances. But yeah, he was a fantastic player, man. And obviously he was a great player for England too. But yeah, what he done for Arsenal in the, in the title winning seasons, he was fantastic. And I think as centre-backs go, it's a no-brainer that he'd have to be in there. And I know when, I think the funny thing is with these lists, when people do these inductees, they always think of attackers first and they always think of midfielders because, you know, mid- midfield affects every part of a, of a match defensively going mm-hmm. forward. So they always stick out in your mind first. But I think, I think for me, being when I was young watching him, I thought he was an amazing defender, man. So I feel like he has to be in there. Um, my next choice was Eric Cantona. And I think it's just a no-brainer, man. Like, obviously, I know he's, you know, what he'd done was, was, was terrible. You're letting that slide, yeah? <laughs> No, it was it was it was terrible. It was a terrible thing, but it feels mad saying a bot after that. But yeah, he was a great player, man, and I think he changed the fabric of the club. Hundred mm, percent, and just down outright ability. He was quality player, man. He always he affected games by himself. He's a match winner always produced in the big games, in the big moments. And I think, I think it was a massive factor in when he left the club. I think that it really affected United in the next season straight after when Arsenal won the league. I know, mm-hmm. I know obviously Keane got injured that season when Arsenal first won the league under Bengal, but I think, yeah, we missed, we slightly missed that, that, that presence of Cantona. So I think he's worthy inductee. I think he'll be in next anyway, but he would be next if I obviously was making the decision. Mm. My next choice was another defender. And I think, again, like Tony Adams, I think he's one of the best in this position we've seen in the country, probably Europe at the time as well. And it was Ashley Cole. And I know he's not going to be in... I don't think he'll make most people's next six of inductees, but for me, his time at Arsenal and the age that he burst onto the scene to be so, he, he was he was slightly raw in certain aspects of his game when he first came into the team. But you know he was that good. I think they got rid of Silvino. And yeah, it's true. Well, not got rid of him, but they were happier to sell him. Mm. And he was a phenomenal player. 
even from that early, that young, you know, he burst straight into the England team at the same time as well. And as soon as he got into the Arsenal team, he just never looked back. And he was a massive part of, you know, the 2002 winning team, the the Invincibles. He was a part of the Champions League run that he got to the final as well. And then what he'd done at Chelsea, you know, he's phenomenal for Chelsea as well. He was a massive factor in the league titles, especially the, the Ancelotti season. He was fantastic that season. Chipped yeah, him a worth- few goals as well, man. Yeah, he was excellent going forward. Excellent. Mm. And yeah, for me, he's a worthy inductee. I know they might, you know, raise, that might raise some eyebrows for people, but as, again, same me, thing man. what I said about, huh? Not with me, man. <laughs> no, because I feel like it's the same as what I said about Adams. Maybe people don't look at defenders, but mm, yeah, I thought true. he's incredible, man. Um, what's my next one? Oh. Yeah, two of these are common sense, so I'm going to do the two that are common sense and maybe the, the not a controversial one, but I'll do that one last. But yeah, my next one was Roy Keane. And again, like, I think it's just a no-brainer, man. Like, no explanations needed, man. Not really, man. He's a lead. Like, not even just, I hate, I, I hate starting off with the lead a bit because that's all self-explanatory, isn't it? But he was a great player. Like, oh, yeah, very good yeah. on the ball, very good in the tackle. He was good going forward as well. That's why he scored, you know, he scored, I think he scored 50 goals for the club or just over that. Mm. Um, and he's just a great player. Always done it in the big matches. And, you know, he's a great player, man. That's important. No, it's the same not. with Patrick Vieira, who would have been my next one. Fantastic player, man. But there's not been, even since he's retired, we ain't really seen anybody like that in the Prem. I, I, do you think we ever will? Do you think no. we'll see someone like another? But I don't think we'll see another Patrick Vieira. No, we won't. And no, we won't. We won't. And he was a fantastic player. And there's people mm. that you know they've compared him to, or the people who they were going to say is going to be the next Vieira or anything like that. But he was too complete in in all sides of the game. He's very mm. comfortable on the ball. Um. He could drop his shoulder, go past people in tight spaces. Um, excellent acceleration on the counter-attack. He could drive with the ball, he could finish. He's just he was a complete player, man. It's just, yeah, it's another no-brainer. He has to be and even not just my list because I haven't picked no one based on any bias yet. Mm. And I think he makes anyone's next six. He oh, has, has to. to. He has to, man. But yeah, my last one, this is... Not even biased because he didn't even, he's not even a United player, but uh, yeah, Matt Letizio, he would have been uh, my yeah, last I, one. He would have been my first. Because, listen, that is just, he's just a majestic player. Like, for me, I was looking at him or Bergkamp, and Bergkamp is another mm. outstanding player in it, and I'm sure Bergkamp will be inducted next anyway. But, I think it's just a bit of it is just a fit, not the fairy tale of it, but just doing it in that team of in that very, you know, average team at times that was kind of fighting relegation some seasons, just being mid table and always producing outrageous moments of brilliance. Like he was just a fantastic player. Mm. Like, you know, I don't know why he didn't play for England more than he did. And, Obviously, we know that he loved the club so much he never wanted to actually move on because he did have offers to go, I think, Spurs. Yeah, he had big and, offers. And other teams. But 
he's just a phenomenal player, man. Great talent. Um, and yeah, that kind of story, like him staying there and maybe Shearer staying for that long at Newcastle, I don't think you're, we're never going to see anything like that again. Not to the level that they were producing at as well. Because I know we've mm-hmm. got players that are playing right now in Premier League teams, in decent teams, and they could obviously get a move somewhere to a bigger club, but None of, I don't think any of them have had the impact on their clubs that Leticia has had for Southampton. No, no, not at all. Not at and all. I think he's just, a, I think he's a fantastic player. And I think some of the finishes, man, they were just, Jesus, they were amazing, man. Yeah, he was, he <laughs> was were, a joy um, to they watch, were Outrageous goals, outrageous goals. Outside so, of the box, inside the box, taking on defenders, all of them. The chip, there was a goal. Chipping over your head. Yeah, yeah there was a goal. He chipped. it on the volley. What yeah, is, you could do it all. You know, this is this ain't normal stuff. So mm. for me, I don't. He didn't win a Premier League. He was nowhere near winning one. I think he's even in the hundred goals. He's in the hundred Premier oh, League. Oh yeah, it has he? to be. Yeah, he's a yeah. So, it has to be, man. So, I think he got a hundred goals. Did he not just bang up? It was. I'm sure he was on a hundred in the Prem anyway. Yeah, and I think for me, yeah, he's comfortably has to be an inductee. He, mm. I know when they do the next six, he might not make it. But for me, I'd have him in there. But mm. listen, the only other person would have been Burkamp if it wasn't him, because Burkamp's an outrageous player as well, and he's he will definitely be inducted. And he's Burkamp is phenomenal as well. But yeah, that would have been my six man next six. It's marginal because we literally had the same. Oh really? So it, the only difference I had and yeah for me it was a toss up between although I, I agree with you with Burkamp to be fair but my other toss up was Letizia and Andy Cole okay and that was my only difference yeah my only yeah, difference yeah and I, I think the only other one I had the only other one I was thinking of was um, instead of Tony Anders would have been John Terry but, yeah but yeah mm, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's still, but <laughs> yeah, that was a bit. But football, yeah. like obviously footballing, what? But yeah, yeah he's, he's done it, man. He's done it all, and and he's. I'm sure he's still got the the rec- record of the most goals as a defender. Yeah, yes, yes. All no of that stuff. That but, yeah, so I get that, but I think for me, even going back, and I remember watching Tony Adams, even in that invincible season, the seasons before that, like you said as well, he was just immense and there was times where John Terry wasn't like that do you know what I mean there was times where he did have little dips in his form and he wasn't the you know he wasn't the John Terry that people remember him for all the time whereas Tony like you said Tony Adams don't forget he was probably drunk and whatnot and all the rest of it half the time and still putting in their performances come on (laughs) and I think that's that's a big thing (laughs) that to perform (laughs) You told from experience. that level that he was doing. <laughs> Boy, I can't speak on that. I might have had the one man in the match drunk, but we don't know. We can't confirm. But no, like it's 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 just phenomenal, man. And yeah, it's true, man. I just remember but, watching. I think. Do you know what it is as well? When you make when you think of these things, I always look at it like, what players do I have entertained me, or I thought they are amazing, mm. and also who's given Man United nightmares? Like who, who's given us nightmares? <laughs> And that, yeah, that's how, that's why Henri and, you know, Shearer. Uh, yeah, they've, these guys they've have always to, done that to United. Yeah. 
But, but obviously, you... when it comes on to like later on in the list or later on in the inductees, I have Yaya Toure in there, hundred percent. I'd have all the people that are nominated now. I can't remember who's on that list, but I think it's like Lampard, Gerard, Fowler. Although Gerard's debatable in if we're talking about a Premier League Hall of Fame, but Rio Ferdinand, I think he's on there. I don't think Gerard's debatable. In a Premier League Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's not. He's done enough in the Premier. It's a bit similar to what we were just saying about um, Letizia. He's not like... Nah, it's different, man. It's different. No, but he still, I think he still scored 100 Premier League goals. Who, Gerard? Mm. And he's, he's outrageous Premier League moments as well. So. Mm. It is deba- it's, deba- it's debatable. It's debatable for yeah, me. Yeah. I, for me, I think he would have to be in there because there's different points where he's been there at the club and he's just carried them on, in, on his own. Mm. And it's true. It's true. I think he, yeah, he has to be in there for me. Mm. Even just remembering purely Premier League moments, like he's he's had a lot outrageous moments as well, man. What's your thoughts though? Because obviously there was a I'm sure Ian Wright's on that list as well at the moment. And it's surprising that I don't think you know, you mentioned um Ashley, Ashley Cole might not get into many people's next six or whatever the case is. It's mad that not a lot of people that I've I've seen anyway have put Ian Wright in theirs and Personally, I probably, if I could, I would, if that makes sense. But he, his name doesn't seem to be ringing, ringing many tunes at the moment. No, look, Ian's a cult hero, isn't it? For a lot of fans, not just Arsenal fans. But mm. I do think when you're doing these kind of things, yeah, I think... you got to take that bias bit away. you got to take that kind of bias away and, and you've got to really think, like, who's had the most iconic moments and like, he's the had most a lot outrageous of moments. He has, but... I feel like, like, like Shearer had more. Mm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 100%. Um, Burkham had more. Um, Yeah. It depends, man. That's what I mean. It's hard. For me, it's hard to like sit. It's hard, man. And and there's loads. There's Andy Cole. You've got like, there's loads of guys that have scored a lot of goals that might not make it. But... Mm. Yeah, yeah, he was a cult hero, Ian Wright. But I'd, if I was picking a six, it would still be the six I had. And even if it wasn't, like I said, the the, the next person would have been Dennis Bergkamp. And, yeah, um, yeah. I think I think Andy Cole would be mine. I think, but yeah, yeah, he was a proper. He he was an entertaining striker to watch, even at Newcastle, yeah, and then uh, even when he went to United as well. He was entertaining, man. I'm sure he, he wasn't he the first player to score five goals in a match in the Prem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 95, yeah, 96, I think that was great, great player. Great player. Yeah, man. Um, great finisher, man. Good striker. But um, it's tough, man. Because there's, there's been loads of great players, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I, I'm not one that likes to... When it, when it comes to talking about players, I don't like talking about trophies or... Anything like no, that. There's more to the game player. than that. There's more to, more the, to game. the game. Than that. More to the And that's game. why the, I think the player, I didn't really pick any attackers apart from Letizia mm. and Cantona. But they're not even out and out strikers. You know what I mean? They're mm, just great true, players. True. But yeah, man, I don't think no one needs to get their knickers in a twister, but I think eventually everyone will be in there. Um, everyone that you expect to be in there would will be in there. Yeah, they'll, they'll get their time in it. They'll get their time. Yeah. And, and there's nothing to say that they won't 
um, induct more than two people at a time eventually yeah. and stuff like that. They might do three or four and then move on but, to the next batch of players as well. Yeah, because when you think of Fowler, Michael Owen, Andy Cole, you just said, you know, Ian Wright as well. They'd all eventually be in there anyway. Gianfranco yeah, Zola. Yeah. These players will be in there because they were mm. they were great players. So for it. Yeah, man. Uh, I agree, man. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see. It'd be interesting. I'm not sure when, because I think you can vote and I think the voting closes on the 9th of May. So I'm, I'm assuming that after that, they're not going to, um, it won't be too long after until they announce who's in it. Yeah, and it's it's voted by the players. And we know yeah, we know yeah. from social media polls that some fans, there's more fans of certain clubs than others. And that might, you know, obviously affect the results. But yeah, man, we've we've been blessed to watch some amazing players over the years in the Premier League and some really great players. And I think eventually they'll all be in there anyway. Mm, but yeah, true. I just had to I had to shout Leticia because I know a lot of people won't have him in their lists and he was phenomenal. And no, he was, man. Definitely. Because it was in the early 90s, to early to mid 90s, it doesn't mean that you should just forget about it, you know. But it's like I said to Kieran the other week that them, them players were playing against a lot. The, the quality of defenders was better in the 90s, late 90s, than potentially in some cases what it's like now. I know the game's changed, but they were, play, they were playing against some good defenders, man. Do you know what I mean? So I just think yeah, I just was... think he's he's in there for me as well. It's a shame because it was a toss up between him and uh, Andy Cole. Because I looked at Letitia and I remember I even it was mad because even before that, I think it was a couple of days ago. You know that that thing that comes on Sky where you can, like he sits with Gary Neville. They talk about the goals and all that soccer oh, box, soccer box. That's it. Yeah. And some of his goals were come on. These oh, goals were mad. Score. They were mad. And he, the way he talks normal. about them. The way he talks about them, like it is normal. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, mad. That's what I'm saying, and it's it's that it's just pure ability, man. Like, and I think because obviously football's moved on now. It's more athletic. It's more about what you do off the ball. I think a lot of managers now don't really like they don't care as much about talent rather than their actual systems and you fitting mm. into their systems and you sacrificing yourself for their systems. So players like him. There's less and less of them as the years go by now. It's just more yeah, about athletes now, isn't it? It's more, football's more athletic and it's more running and more endurance-based. You know, you, can, like, you look at wingers now and you look at like, the... There ain't even number 10s anymore because managers don't want no luxury players in their systems, whether they're attacking managers or defensive managers. Yeah, so yeah. players like him, they're just not really about anymore. They're not, there's not that level of entertainers really, mm. on a football pitch. You look at a, maybe a Neymar or, you know, someone like him, but there's not really a lot, you know. Whereas you look back mm. then, every team, not every team, but loads of teams had them kind of players. Uh, yeah, no, they Burke did, man. Camp. You know, you look at Serie A, it was littered with number 10s at the time and even in Spain as well. But, you know, but yeah, I'm, not, time, I'm, I'm happy with my six. I wouldn't really change much. No, I, I, it was mad because I think when you was running through your list, I thought, "Raw, like this could be." This is literally like for like, and then when you said Letitia, I, I thought he was going to go for Andy Cole. Yeah, 
That's why when you said it was controversial, oh, okay. I thought it's a bit, it is a bit controversial. But yeah, man, I think you, you're right. I think a lot of them players will make it in at some point anyway. And then there'll be the second wave of players coming through. And then throughout the next couple of years, we'll see like an Aguero jump in there and other players like that as well. Yeah, Michael Owens, people like that. There's, there'll be loads. Yeah. Yeah, Wayne Rooney will be in there. There's, 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 most of these players will be in there eventually because of the stuff that they've done in the game in the Premier But yeah, I, I, I'm the the original ones with Shearer, being Sharon Henri, I, I don't mind that. I think that's okay. Makes sense, man. Yeah, it has to, man. Henri, Henri literally changed. He changed that position. Yeah, right? he did. There's a whole generation of footballers now that are, that want to cut in from the left and curl it into the into the far mm. corner with their side foot. It's true. That man. side foot finesse finish. That's unreal. That's Henri's thing. To play in between the centre back and the right back. Strikers just hugged the shoulder of centre backs before and just ran in behind. He's dropping off into space true. and linking up linking up with, with Ashley Cole and Perez and like just and then centre backs not knowing what to do. Like, do you go with him? You just let him. You can't let him drop off because he gets the ball. He's going to curl into the top corner. Too much space, man. Mm. You can't get him tight because he's going to beat you for pace. He's going to beat you with his feet. So, whereas centre backs before centre backs had easy easier days when strikers just you know played on the shoulder. It's crazy. When you look at you look at these like Mbappe or Martial or loads of these forwards now, some of the Dutch players as well. It's modelled on Henri. Their their whole style and the way they play is modelled on him. No, it's true. Hundred percent, man. And even when you just even talking, even with the assists, you know, strikers were just scoring goals before. They weren't working hard for the team. They weren't creating. That wasn't in their job, innit? <laughs> no, they just scored goals. And whereas now, you know, he brought that to the table. He scored thirty goals and still got twenty assists. Obviously, Inter have won the league now, Serie A. Mm. Won this first time in 10, 11 years. Be interesting next season as well. Conte's done a fantastic job there. Again, as he said, he is a serial winner. He's, he's, done, it, he's done it again. Yeah, man. He's, he's, he's got them playing well. Had them playing yeah. well, man. All season as well. They haven't really dipped that much. I think at one point, I think it was AC and Milan weren't, they were at top of the league as well at one point for a wall. Neck and neck, yeah. Mm, and wow. even the, the the running, the running for the Champions League spots is looking crazy as well. The thing, oh, really? Atlanta are sec Atlanta are second and Juventus and Napoli are third and fourth. So they're close. Oh, yeah, as they're well. all they're all on sixty nine points. And obviously Watford Watford and Norwich are back, as expected. Norwich, Norwich, Norwich is pretty much steamrolled the league anyway, as expected. I, I said this. I said this when they went down. I think when we was talking about, I, I can't remember what episode we spoke about them, but I knew they'd always come back anyway. They they kept pretty much their squad together. They only lost, I think Ben Godfrey. I think they only lost Ben Godfrey, and James Justin went to Leicester. Yeah, I no, think Max Aaron Max Aaron's is meant to be going to um oh, where is he meant to go? Is it Liverpool or Everton? It's one of the two, it might be Everton. But I, I think now that they've come up, I don't think he's gonna they'll move keep, on. Though. Nah, they'll keep him. They'll want to keep him. They'll keep him. 
And I they think it's keep easy that team to, together. Yeah, and it's easy to keep players. Once you get promoted, they know that they've got another season guaranteed of Premier League football. Well, the they're money's really there, isn't move. it? The money, not even just the money, but they know that they're playing Premier League football and it's easier to just keep them once you're there. If they go down again, then they might lose players like that. Oh yeah, but 100%. I think it's interesting now because obviously, I think they'll both spend. I think Watford will definitely spend and they'll bring some good players. And I think, I think the other teams that are in and around, you know, the relegation zone at the moment should be worried because I think Norwich might have, they will come up with more experience now. They're not going to be as naive as they was the first time. And I think Watford will buy well in summer. And, mm. you know, we know what Watford are about. We know what they've done in the last, like, in their last stint in the Premier League. So, you know, your Newcastles, Burnley, that group of teams, they need to step up a bit. Otherwise, they it's could true. be dragged into it. It won't be as straightforward as it has been this season. One thing I wanted to ask, actually, because um, obviously I think it's the the final games of the Football League on Sunday, I think. And then obviously we have to run up for the playoffs. And just looking at the playoffs as they are at the moment, we've got Brentford, Swansea, Bournemouth and Barnsley which is interesting because I think out of those four it's hard to judge obviously playoffs can go any way they can go in it but out of those four it'd be interesting to see Barnsley back in the Premier League I was going to say because um, he's done a fantastic job Hmm. is it Valerian Ismail the manager yeah I think so yeah, he's done a brilliant job there. And to have them in, in the playoff running has been, is fantastic. Mm. You, the other teams, you, you would expect Bournemouth to be there having just come down. You'd expect Brentford to be there having been in the playoff final last season. And Swansea as well. And Swansea, they've had a good season too. But yeah, it'd be, it would be fantastic for Barnsley to come back up, man. Mm. They've not been, I think they got relegated in 1990. They've not been back since 1998, have they? That's the last time. That's the last time, isn't it? Mm. You know, so it'd be good for them to, especially if we're out of the pandemic and their fans can get in the stadium. I was going to say that would be the, be the, the best The best part for them would be to, to get fans back in the stadium. And yeah, because I think that's, the, that's the only... Just to see them back there, man. Yeah, and I think that's the sadness sometimes when you when you look at the Premier League because when you think of like Fulham, it's been a while since they was in the Prem. You know, mm. it's a shame that it had to happen in this... Well, it's not been a, a while. They was there a couple of seasons ago, but... Yeah, yeah, but you know, I know what you mean. If it... You know, if if it's a Brentford or a Barnsley and they don't have their fans allowed to come to these games, that's sad. You know? Yeah, no, that's what I mean. I agree. I think... Well, it'd be great, man. It'd be good. It'd be good to, like, obviously, because Barnsley's not even that far, man. So if we can start going games again, that's one ground <laughs> I would go to. I've always wanted yeah. to go there, even as a kid. Even as a kid, I've wanted to go there, man. Um, I don't even know why. O- Oakwell. Oakwell, that's it, yeah. Yeah, Oakwell. It's, it's, it only holds like 25,000, 25, but it just, yeah. I remember watching it, obviously, growing up uh, in the 90s yeah. as well, and just remember that stadium and thinking, yeah, I'd like to go there, man. And the old Watford Stadium before that, the stand as well. Yeah, yeah. The big stand and that, man. They, they, yeah. But yeah, it'd be interesting, man. I, hope, I had them for, part of me hopes that they come up because it'd be good to see them the way that they've come through and as you said they got relegated and then 
I wouldn't see mind them back at top flight. I wouldn't mind them, and I wouldn't. I'm not against Brentford either because mm. I do want to see a new team or a team that hasn't been here for a while. So yeah, I that's prefer it to be. I would prefer it honestly to be one of them two teams. Mm. I like Ivan Tony at, at Brentford, and I think yeah, he's done well. He's done well this season, and I, I do feel if they don't get promoted, I think someone comes in for him. Yeah, because he's, he's how old is he now? He's 24, 25, about 25, isn't it? Something like that. So he's at that age where he could come. I think he's mid 20s, man. I think 24, 25. But, um, but I think the amount of goals he scored and the types of goals he scored, I feel like he's due to compete the in the Premiership, man. And do you know what? I think he could do it. Um, we ain't got no proof that he could do it in the Premier, obviously, but I do think he'll do well in the Premier League. And I do mm. think if Brentford don't come up, I don't see them holding on to him and I don't see them holding on to uh, Pinnock, the centre-back. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I see yeah. them I see them potentially moving on if they don't obviously come up. And yeah, I think they, they could both do a job comfortably in the Premier League at a, at a lot of teams. I do think I do think they'll lose players if they don't come up, Brentford, because I think they're the kind of team that would will potentially need to possibly sell players to to obviously balance out a couple of things. Do you know what I mean? I think some mm-hmm. some clubs try and push for the promotion that hard that they kind of do. You know what I mean? Put themselves yeah. out there a little bit more. So yeah, yeah, man, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. So. I think the last games of the season for the championship are this weekend. I think might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they're Sunday. So it'd be interesting. Yeah, it's flown by, man, this season has. Yeah, no, it has, man. It feels like that now anyway, that we're in May. It, It feels like it's just flown by. Yeah, man, definitely, definitely. And then obviously, I think what's made it even more crazy because obviously the games are on a lot more frequent now this season they've crammed a lot of the games in whereas sometimes we've been waiting like you know you'd have a, a one midweek game you wouldn't have games on like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday then on a Friday so it just seems like there's football on every day so yeah it's been mad I've enjoyed it but yeah it's a bit frantic at times man when you're constantly just watching football yeah day, every uh, day it's mixed yeah I've had it I've had mixed and I, I feel like um I, I, I genuinely, and I know it's a cliche, a lot of the managers have said it this season, but diff- when they lose. But I definitely feel like some of these games just lack competitiveness because there's no fans in the stadium. Oh yeah, 100%, and think, man. And I think now you see in a game like this, you know, I, I was saying it last week, when they went down to 10 men, you know, Neymar's walking around, Mbappe's walking around and Certain players start sulking and walking around the pitch, and I've seen it in the Premier League as well. Like players not really putting it in. And they haven't got. They haven't got anyone on their back door, and they haven't got any fans. This is what I'm saying. I feel them like, like you know I mean, yeah, and I, I've I've seen this in in Premier League games as well. I looked at certain players and situations, I thought, yeah, if there was fans in the stadium right now, you would not be playing this badly. Yeah, of course, you'd be you'd be putting it in right now, and. I'm kind of looking forward to having that back in the stadiums, man, because I feel like certain matches just need that. And even when, you know, when you look at some of the scorelines in some of these matches, like, I know it was funny at the time, but when, when Liverpool got beat by seven by Villa, I think Villa would have won mm. that game if the fans been in the stadium, but it's a massive factor that you don't have any accountability in them situations. Mm. Oh, yeah, because there's, there's, no, there's, no yeah. 
those on your back. So it can mm. turn into a seven. That that they might have lost that game two one. Two nil. Three one. Yeah. Two nil. Mm. Something respectable. You you've got a you know, pride's got to kick in and, and the fans are on your case. Whereas in a game mm. like that that with no one in there, you know. And it'll be interesting to see next season certain players that have been playing out of their skin or playing to a really high standard that wasn't before. I wonder if that's also for the same reason that there's no fans in the stadium. Mm. Yeah, but, the freedom. The freedom to just play how they want to play. Yeah. Mm. Interesting, man. I think the the trials that they did at the um the FA Cup, I think that, that that's obviously gone well. And then there's obviously talks about fans being, like you said, at the last game of the season and things like that. There's talk of fans being, I think, at the Euro games as well, at a lesser capacity. So I think Especially as long as all here, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, as long as that that happens, I can't see there being a reason why, come August or whenever the season's going to kick off again, that we don't have fans back in the stadium. I think I think that'll be a, a given that they'll be there. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I think obviously the Premier League title, the race is probably done. Top four race is obviously still kind of open at the moment, especially with West Ham's last resort. So yeah, that's it's true, man. That's going down to the wire. And you know what? I think if they get in there, I think you just got to give Moyes, I think he has to be manager of the year, man. <laughs> I think I think he deserves credit now, though. Like, even no, with he the squad that he's now, got. 100%. Yeah, he's got it now. He's got them, what, fifth? Yeah. And they're still in contention. Three points fourth. Yeah, I think you know? the next two, three games for well, there's only about five games left now, but the next couple of games are crucial for them. They've got a good run in as well. I'm sure they've got Southampton, West Brom, Brighton and Everton are dodgy for them. But I think West Brom, they should beat them. And based off of the form that they've been in, Southampton, they should beat them as well. Yeah, definitely. And look, man, as we know, man, anyone can beat anyone. So you never know what can happen. But I think it would just be, it would be fantastic if he, if he done that, man. You know, to get another not, team not into for the me, champion. Not for me, man. Not at the expense of, <laughs> not at the expense of Chelsea, man. Don't, don't, don't put that into the into the world, man. Uh, Just let, let us get over the line speak, first. Don't speak it into existence, but... Yeah, man. No, I, def- I definitely feel... if You know, if he gets another team into the Champions League that wasn't a top team, mm. that says a lot about him as a manager and yeah, he's done man. a great job. Because they've got some good players at West Ham, but they haven't got the likes of, what, City United and... Chelsea and Liverpool and you know what I mean like Tottenham have got he's not working with that calibre of players from start to end from defence to to strikers but he's got some good players um, and yeah, even watching everybody. Antonio yesterday the way Antonio played and came back um, Su- Suchek played brilliant again yesterday those are the key yeah, plays for them. them yeah yeah he's getting yeah, everything Kufau at right back as well yeah, Kufau's yeah. been brilliant Perfect, man. Cresswell's been really good playing like in the back three and obviously Lingard as well. Rejuvenated Lingard with confidence, you know. Yeah, man. He's done a great job with them boys, man. And Listen, all I'm saying is Leicester need to drop out. We need to take third. <laughs> but West Ham can have fourth. Even them, like, it's it's not it, it, it's not mirroring last season for them. And I know a lot of people were expecting them to bottle it, but I don't know if they bought it. Maybe they didn't bottle it last season. Maybe it was just down to the sheer amount of injuries that they had. And I think mm. this time they've coped with them injuries. And I think other players have also stepped up. Like any actual 
Second, oh, NHS form second half of the season has been phenomenal. Mm. He's the and, one who's carried them carried them over that line this second yeah. half of the season. And when you when teams have a successful season or to an extent, obviously this is a successful season for Leicester if they get Champions League. You know, your Vardy's and Harvey Barnes and Madison started the season well. And mm. then your Eniatros and, and the other players have now stepped up. Tillemans, mm. they've done their bit now. And that's always yeah, a team yeah. that has a good season that have them kind of moments. That if you can you can look at Man City's team and say who's who carried them the first half of the season, who's done well in the middle and who's who's finished it off for them. And I think, yeah, for Leicester, where Jamie Vardy's gone a bit, obviously he's had a few injuries and he's gone, he's, his form slightly dipped. Eniatra has really stepped up and it's not just goals. He's, he's, he's working hard. He's leading the line. He's dropping off. He's creating other chances for other players as well. He's, he's been brilliant. Mm, brilliant no, I agree, good, man. Done a good job there. But yeah, mm, West Ham no, phenomenal, man. Because we was all, everyone, look, everyone was expecting them to drop out. Everyone said it a million times at different points in the last couple of months. Mm. Oh yeah. West Ham will drop off soon. They'll drop points soon. They'll drop off. And they're, they're still, still there. there, man. They're still fighting. So they got the only thing that I think about Leicester is I think they'll have one eye on the FA Cup. They'll think about the um, FA Cup. I think. I think they can still get top four. I just think for them, they'll. What would they rather have? A top four, end up getting a mad group coming out of the Champions League or winning the FA Cup? No, I think they're going to be in a mad group anyway just for their coefficient ranking. So they're going to be in That's a tough what, yeah, group yeah. regardless. I do think, I think, I don't think, because they're, because they've got good players that have already played in Europe, have already mm. kind of won stuff at different clubs that they've been at. I don't, I think they will know how to slightly handle that kind of situation. And I think, what, playing in the Champions in League in a mad group you mean? No, I, I mean um, finishing the season the well and comp- the cup and focus. As well. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I feel like if they was in a relegation battle, if a team was in a relegation battle and they had the FA Cup on the horizon, I think they might drop the ball and get relegated. But for like a team that's been chasing the Champions League places all season, like they was last season, I think they kind of know how to handle that pressure now, especially after mm. losing it on the last day last season. I think they can handle that and, you know, keep their eye on the FA Cup, but not let, I feel like they'll still qualify for the Champions League through the top four. Well, you'll have to see, man, but it's an interesting couple of weeks coming up. Five games, six games for United, I think. Um, Be interesting. So we'll have to see, but you can follow us on Twitter. We've got the Instagram, we've got the YouTube the PTTW podcast so again subscribe follow like share all of that stuff because we appreciate all of that Um, and yeah man you've been listening to Play to the Whistle with myself Theo and Jesse 